Welcome to the Outer Realms with Michelle DeRoche and Amelia Passano. Airing live on the United Public Radio Network, 105.3 FM in New Orleans. Good evening, one. Well, everyone, I was just talking and now I'm all messed up. Thanks for that, Nathaniel. Anyway, let's start this over. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Thursday night segment of the Outer Realm. We are broadcasting live right here on the United Public Radio Network, UFO, Paranormal Radio Network, 105.3 and 107.7 FM from the beautiful city of New Orleans. We are fully sponsored by the amazing people over at Folgers Coffee who have been a part of our journey since the very beginning. We would not be here without them. So thank you, Folgers. We appreciate you so very much. Also, big thank you to... Dr. Snick, the sonic surgeon, a.k.a. Justin Snicker, who is responsible for our intro and our outro. So it's his voice you hear and his music that you're hearing. Um, please note, he's an award-winning composer of Halloween horror, sci-fi, and dark wave electronic music. And, of course, he can be found anywhere that good music can be found. Also, Steve McGinnis, who is... The, basically the artist behind the cool banners and everything you see for the outer realm. So big thank you to Steve. So guys, we are on Roku. Yes, we are. And if you're not on, if you're on Roku and you're not checking us out, go check us out. Come on. It's going to be great. You guys can watch us now from the comfort of your living room, which is fantastic. So go check us out. Also, tonight after the show, we have a very special edition uh, for you guys to watch. We don't do this very often, so, you know, definitely go check it out. It is a one-hour segment with Brian Allen, who's going to be, or he did discuss, his book called The Book of Secrets. And all I can tell you is it is freaking mind-blowing. Let me tell you what. It is mind-blowing. I think we talked about three chapters. It was just like, I couldn't believe the time was over. But anyway... Stay tuned for that right after the, the full-on live segment of The Outer Realm. So tonight, I'm really pleased and really happy that my dear friend, um, Nathaniel Gillis, I know Amelia's just like very jealous right now, but anyway, <laughs> my dear friend, Nathaniel Gillis, is here and he is basically going to be hanging out with us tonight. And we're going to be talking about, yep, wait for it. The Alien Deception. I know, I know. It's always good when we're talking about aliens. Anyway, without further ado, Nathaniel, how's it going? What's up, Michelle? Oh, my God, I'm back. And um, I am so excited. And as I, I've told you before, uh, yeah, of course, I'll miss Amelia. I'll miss Amelia. And uh, Amelia. wish she was with us. But um, hello. And Hey, it's so good to be back with you, Michelle, and I'm sure we're going to have a tremendous conversation. We'll have to get back to this guy. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <a> <laughs> I one. saw that. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm really happy that you, you're able to come back out and hang out. And, 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 and it's really funny because the topic of conversation, 
mm-hmm. is similar to the, what what I had recorded with the cast earlier about this really? stuff. And I'm just like, oh yeah. I mean, I mean, Brian's been around for he's been in the field for like 50 years. He's out in Scotland, yeah. and it's just stuff that he'd been researching. And when you and I have dabbled about this this conversation prior, I'm just going, you know. Uh, there's other people who are, you know, not far yeah. off. You know, they have their their own ideas, and they believe, like, of course, Tony can be a whole other conversation. But I know you've touched on some of the same things, and it's just like, see, that there's just some people that aren't afraid to go there. Right, right, and if the, you know, I don't honestly, I think a lot of people in the field aren't ready for us to go there. I think this is some groundbreaking oh. research. Yeah. Um, it's so funny. I, I know that uh, Brian Allen and I, I think he, he was also with Dr. Barry Fitzgerald. Both of them. You put both oh, of them together. They've both been on the show. It's lights out. Lights out, Michelle. Holy shit. I know. I know. I uh, know. Uh, I had to do a two-parter on the Deception oh of Gods God. and Men. It was fantastic. Wow. Fantastic. Yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible work. Um, but yeah, so I've come to the same conclusions myself. Mm. And uh, I was... You know me, and most people don't know me as well as you do. I, I Most of the time, I'll stay up all night long if I'm on a trail of something. You know, I'll research and research and, hey, right. what do you think about this theory? And so, you know, I was listening to Dr. Barry Fitzgerald in the wee hours of the morning. Uh, but, yeah, so the research is transcending every microcosm. And um, it's so interesting, the correlation and sometimes the contrast between researchers in the States, mm-hmm. if I could say that. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, those yeah. who are overseas, or not even overseas, but you know, in, yeah. you know, in Britain, England, like overseas, yeah, you know, but, you know, even in Canada, yeah, uh, we have such a non-threat narrative here. And uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, you saw my Facebook post, so I won't go into that. Yeah, but um, <laughs> the research, you know, uh-huh. it's very interesting. Um, but I think that there, the, the more we get into it, there is a single theory hypothesis, single origin hypothesis where uh, Dr. Barry Fitzgerald even goes deeper, where he hypothesized the other night that we're dealing one, with, with one single entity doing it all, which, mm. which, which I, um, <laughs> I mean, how much further research do we have to do before we start hypothesizing that it's the devil or Satan or that's the singularity? I don't know, but um, I, don't, I don't believe that, of course, but it seems like that's where he's going, right? There's one entity that's controlling it all. There's, there's, yeah, you, you know, there's some people that believe that extraterrestrials are the demonic. They, 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 yeah. they simply are, um, and that they, they come in under the guise of of something else. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, we don't all panic, but it's really hard. Um, hi, Fernanda. Um, it's really hard. To, to say for sure, there are people who have unbelievably amazing experiences. They're healed, you know, they're, 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 um, their abilities are completely developed. Um, you know, they can tell you, oh no, you know, like, especially people who are really intuitive are saying, no, right. these mind beings, I don't know. It's are we terrifying, really yeah, being no. fooled to that degree? Or are there a mix of, of both? Well, um, here's something that uh, that I've been kind of entertaining. And um, I'm going to mention experiencers, obviously, tonight, but I'm also going to mention other parapsychologist researchers. So yeah. it's not that I dislike them, but you know, you know how it's, you're, you're dealing oh, with yeah, case studies. Yeah, you have stage, to explain. Stage is yours. Just go, go crazy. All yeah. right. Um, so, so we're dealing with orbs now and what, what Grant Cameron calls orbology. Um, you know, when Dr. Dr. Uh, Barry Taft's work, 
was mm-hmm. dealing with what's called the San Pedro haunting. And he said that there was an orb that was just moving like an orb does throughout the house. And he said, all of a sudden, uh, corpuscular balls of light showed up. Right. I love his language, corpuscular. Um, <laughs> and, and, and they flashed. And when they did, boom, all of a sudden, the orb itself projected a full-bodied apparition. Now, that's something I've never heard before. I've heard of right. orbs or apparitions. Yeah. But he said that that literally, like, it was just, it popped. And when it did, uh, he said that uh, all the researchers that were present with him, they looked at it. And it was a moving apparition. He said it was lime green. And its arms were moving. And its head was, you know, doing this number. And he said, all of a sudden, everybody around him passed out. Boom. Now, then you fast forward to Chris Blett, because they're freaking out, right? That would be terrifying. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Chris Bledsoe is saying that his beings, quote, his beings are coming out of orbs as well. Huh? And mm. right. But now the being that's coming out of his orbs or the orbs that are haunting him, <laughs> say, uh, but that's an extraterrestrial. And I'm looking at both of these phenomena and I'm thinking in my mind, that's kind of similar. But there's that lots really of is. Yeah, and it's kind of scary when you get down to the data. It's like I don't even want this to be true. You know what I mean? I would love mm-hmm. to separate all this and hope and you know and pray that these are different phenomena. Well, I've had experiences with both personally. Um, but before I, I I even touch on that, you know, let's let's explore the the similarities. I mean, you have you know you have similarities for let's say um, odors. You know, both are projected sulfuric smells. You have the sleep paralysis thing. You know, you have the logical. Then you've got the Hag syndrome and the paranormal. Then you have sleep paralysis yes. under under you know uh, an abduction. You have had um, the scratching of the three on both. Yes, um, absolutely. Right. So it's like right there. Yeah. Those are some some pretty compelling ones. And in my own experiences, I know I've had extraterrestrial visits from the time I was a child. And I also went through an oppression as a, uh, you know, pre-adolescence into my adolescence. And they felt very different to me, however, being very intuitive. So, you know, I'm thinking, okay, I think I'm under demonic oppression and I had to get my way out of that. Cause like, you know, we're going back in time and we right. don't have internet aging myself a bit, but you know, so I had to figure a lot of this <laughs> out, you know, it's not like I could just call up a team and say, Hey, you know, yeah. um, like the demonologist by Evan Rain Warren became something that I actually studied and went, okay, you know what? Yes, I'm, I'm seeing things in here that make sense mm-hmm. to me. Um, and I dealt with it from that point. And, and I'm an advocate of mindset because that's how I taught myself, you know, to, to get out of the situation. Right. But then into adulthood again, over the last, you know, probably few years, I am back full on into extraterrestrial contact. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and again, it feels different. So I don't know. What do you make of it? I don't know. I don't ever trust my feelings. I think that, uh, oh, God help us. When we get down into the data, uh, okay, I'll give you a case, case study. Yeah. Not even yeah, mine, a good friend of mine. He's from Rhode Island. He's a researcher. And it's a Shane Searwin. Shane Searwin. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's not as well known. He's not known as known as he should be, okay? okay. Incredible, incredible work. Anyways, he... <laughs> You know, we're, we're good friends. And so he contacts me out of the blue. He goes, I want to tell you my story. I'm like, okay. He goes, you know, he goes, I want to share it with you. And uh, this is a guy that uh, he does very few shows, not because it has all, not because he doesn't have offers. He's just very picky, you know, 
Jesus. Right, yeah, yeah. I, I, I hear him. I've been the same. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting it's that It's quality, <laughs> not quantity. <laughs> exactly. High five, high five. Yeah, What's going right on? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm thinking, okay, Shane, you know, I thought I knew everything about my, you know, my buddy. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, you know, he goes, uh, here's what got me into this field. He said, when he was a kid, he uh, was, he was very sickly and he was getting sick all of the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, you know, and he said one night he said he was sick again. He's in bed and he wakes up from a dream and he's looking around. He's got spider webs or cobwebs in his eyes. He's doing this number. And he says he looks in the corner of the room and there's this alien gray staring at him. Mm. And this is where it gets terrifying. He said, next thing I know, I feel myself slipping out of my body. Mm. He said, I'm hovering by location over my body. He said, and then something took command over his body. And he said, now I'm looking down at my body and all of a sudden his body's moving around. And he began to speak a buzzing, chattering, whispering language. And then he said, whatever was in my body looked at me. He said, Mm. so now I'm looking directly into my own eyes. Uh, So whatever we're dealing with, I do believe that. Oh, yeah. I got another story for you. I've never told you before. Um, We'll talk about it later. Uh, But yeah, so the narrative is very interesting. And uh, the similarities are chilling, Michelle. I mean, if we're dealing with not just possession, uh, I was reading a, an account uh, from the Collins Elite Research by Nick Redfern. It was a lady by the name of Tammy Stone. And what she realized was that when she experienced even just a UFO, like even just witnessing a UFO, not even being abducted, she said that um, she witnessed it, she had missing time, and then for the next five years, she had no memory of what occurred up until she started having nightmares. And so the nightmares were actually her body and her brain remembering what had happened, which takes us into some uncharted territory. Because mm. what if night, right, you follow me? What if some of our nightmares are merely memories of what they've done to us? Um, and if that's the case, the whole field's got to be turned upside down because holy smokes. But dreams can be the same. You know, there's that theory where allegedly, you know, we travel when we sleep. Because let's face it, it's like parking a car in the garage. You're not going to sleep in the car nine times out of ten, right? You're just going to go off and and, and, and go about your business, go to bed, whatever the case may be. Um, And and there are people who believe, like, I mean, it's happened to me, you know, downloads or – or having recollections at the whole deja vu thing and something. And I laugh about it. I'm like, I must've been working double duty last night. I'm freaking exhausted. <laughs> and and then yeah. I, I start to see similarities and I start having memories of things. But one thing that my producer, Joe, who owns, you know, um, a huge, you know, iCar, which is a huge abductee, uh, contactee uh, documentation site. I mean, there's like almost like 95,000 people um, mm-hmm. on there. Um, the apocalyptic dreams apocalyptic yes. dreams is big with contactees and abductees right so right. that kind of re- re- up a little bit to yeah. maybe a little bit of what you're talking about like this nightmarish yeah. world that they're in what's really going on is yeah. it mars <laughs> you know i don't know I, I mean, is it someplace that you know that they've been taken that they've that they've come back from? Is it something that's coming? Is it? I met a woman who swore up and down 
The whole place is going to go up in flames, planet, everything. She's like, I see this. I dream about it all the time. It's being shown to me. And then I know that this is big for contactees, abductees. So now I'm kind of going, what came first? Exactly right. So, There's a hypothesis I heard the yeah. other day that you might like. Okay. I think just put it out there. <laughs> put, put it out there. That's what it's more about. Yeah. Um, the hypothesis was very interesting because I have no evidence contrary to it. Okay. And it was dealing with the fact that, uh, like you said, many abductees come back trying to protect the earth, preserve wildlife, all of that. Mm -hmm. And what it comes down to is preserving a planet. Mm -hmm. And and the theory was that we're not preserving the planet for us, that they're making us preserve the planet for them. Mm. Mm. I can't, I can't deny that. There's nothing, there's no evidence contrary. And so we become little worker bees who are preserving a space for them to at, at that point. Okay. Now, we, now we take the planet, but um, I'm not sure, you know, everything's on the table at this point. Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, Let's face it, we're not the first kick of the can on the evolutionary scale. The planet has been through a few purges. We've seen ancient, I mean, come on, we're digging up things with ancient civilizations. I mean, some things like 250 million years old, you know, we know we are not the first to be here. Um, are we preserving the planet for the next generation, for the next species? How do we know they're not already here? Ooh, the hybrid aspect. Well, no, I, I mean, even, or, even, I mean, yeah, I mean, for sure, we know that it's, it's, you know, it's happening, but what about the fact that we're, whenever we think of ET, we think, we think to the stars, what about right. the ones like the Hopi who are saying, no, they were, they went underground. Like, right. How do we know they're not here in the oceans, subterranean, in the mountains? That's a very right. really good question. I think that uh, knowing the depths of the ocean and how much of it has just been untapped potential, they could very easily be there. You know, I mean, we have evidence of UFOs coming out of water, yeah, and uh, being transmitted going back to the water. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, let's go down there for a second. See, okay. one of my good friends, Jeff Kingsbury from Strange Recon, um, very controversial. <laughs> I love the guy. Uh, he, he's killing ufology, like not, I mean, in a good way, you know, his question is, look, I'm a former DARPA, which he was. And um, a couple of years back, you know, he went on Jimmy Church and everybody was giving him crap because he's like, look, he's like, I know for a fact that uh, these UFOs that swarmed our ships, he's like, no, he goes, that's technology we have. He's like, I worked on <laughs> Thank it. Thank you. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And nobody wants to say that nope. because everybody <laughs> wants this thing to be woo-woo and loose and all that stuff. But here's the facts. And he said, no. He said, the evidence suggests, and this wasn't a guy, you know, and I hate to say it like this, but, you know, he's qualified. You know, he's former DARPA. Mm -hmm. He didn't work at Jimmy John's and then suddenly have opinion. This guy was there. Not that he gets Jimmy John's. But, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so he comes out and says, look, guys, he goes, by all evidence, th this is this is technology we have. Yeah, and he's like, um, I think that the federal government is claiming their UFOs, so they don't have to answer for the fact that drones, which we just have one right now over Montana in the States, yeah, a, a balloon, you know, and he's like, look, we, we don't want to admit that they're here. Uh, so, yeah, there are aspects of the phenomenon that – they're ours, but I would also suggest this, okay? My brother is kind of like a uh, website designer, engineer guy, mm -hmm. okay? He can do all that stuff. <laughs> he was working with Mark D'Antonio, and uh, he was working with Mark D'Antonio and Christopher O'Brien. 
Yeah, and what they were doing is in the Unita Basin, they were taking hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of cameras and they were placing them strategically, just like they did on Skinwalker Ranch. Mm-hmm. And what they were doing is, you know, they were sending my brother footage that they they had they had received. And in one of the videos, there is a very obvious UFO. And I mean un- unidentified as it can possibly get. But the entity, and this is what I'm gonna call it. This will freak you out. This freaked me out. My skin is <laughs> all I'm like, oh, I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> because when I watched it, you see it in the air and it contorts itself to where it looked like a plane and their theory was that it was an organic biological entity Mm -hmm. and it was mimicking the flight patterns and the position and imagery of a plane an entity i've never heard of ever an entity flying around mimicking uh, the flight paths of 757s and, and airplanes. So are these things biological? Are these entities in themselves? Mm. Which is, is very interesting. Well, I mean, there's a belief that a lot of extraterrestrial beings um, actually become one with their ship, that they're both biological right. beings, that they actually, you know, just place their hands onto them. And so, you know, they become one. This is how they, they telepathically work the mm. ship so if something happens to the ship and then into the, in, in the being um right. you know is stuck inside then chances are you know one dies the other one dies it's you know there's there's a lot right of point. theories with that as well let me just get to a couple comments um okay. um i've often had apocalyptic dreams and the scenery is always orange red with an orange red hue there are roads and buildings and more are in bad shape I, I know you have them. <laughs> You're a typical, I always say, and a damn abductor right there. It's like, yeah, I know it. Hey, Steve, good evening. Question Do you think the world is ready to observe a UFO mothership landing in places like New York, LA, and so on? Do you think panic would set in remembering the War of the Worlds? There were a lot of people in panic mode at that point. And, and add a spin on that, do you, think, do you think movies like that add to the panic? Yeah, it's called predictive programming. Yeah. You know, honestly, I don't think that we're ready for disclosure. I think the government knows more than they're telling us, obviously. And that uh, they're just giving us little pieces, uh, even to the degree. And I talked to, um, oh, God, Steve Mayer about this about two or a year or two ago. Because I stay up, like I told you before, I stay up all night and I'm like, okay, what time is it in Britain (laughs) or Ireland, right? And I'll hit him up. Hey, man, you know, I don't want to. And uh, so I hit him up one day. I said, man, I said, what's going on? Uh, you know, what, what did, you know, you work with the, the federal government over there. What, what do you think? They said, it's demons of old, mm. straight up. And um, I think that more and more, I mean, again, we have to define what a demon is because I don't think Catholicism, I, I don't know. I don't know. But, um, but more and more researchers here in the States, especially even, even Travis Taylor, a scientist who's going into the gifting field, a Skinwalker Ranch in New mm-hmm. Mexico. He converted to Catholicism because what he thinks is happening. Now, if there are more and more in the states who I'm not talking, I'm talking about movers and pushers and kingmakers in the field, you know, mm-hmm. if what they have been exposed to has inspired them to make a religious commitment, mm-hmm. they're not signing up for AAA here, right? They're not signing up for gem memberships because okay, you know, no, what they're literally doing is making a, a spiritual covenant 
almost as if, and I'm just going to say this because I, I do believe there's some resonance here, almost as if what they've been told and shown that they can't tell anybody else speaks to an Armageddon apocalyptic scenario, or at the very least, the idea that we are dealing with entities who uh, who are not very good dudes, right? And so that what they're doing is they're cleaning the religion. I want to make sure I'm right because there's a, there's an upcoming war. I think that's alarming because again, they don't have to say things to say things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, actions speak louder than words. Um, I mean, the church itself, the Vatican itself, is is going to great lengths to prepare the flock, so to speak. Uh, of right. of this potentially being a thing, because let's face it, I mean, people have been suppressed by by the institution. I don't want to say like like I look at religion, I look at faith as being faith, you know, and the faithful as as your your belief system. I look at religion itself as a, being more of an institutionalized thing, you know, because it's, it's right. the rules, regulations, you know, the thou shall not blah 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 right and and again don't shoot the messengers don't can't remember them all <laughs> but um but with that yeah right yeah. <laughs> i'm old michelle but, <laughs> i know it'll happen it'll happen but i've had it happen but i mean we've been conditioned to to have certain beliefs that are outside like we're, we're very inside of a box and these beliefs are very outside of the box. Now it's almost like they're coming forward because Pope Francis has said, no, we, we want to have a disclosure, not just right. of what's in what's out there, because let's face it, they have a huge astrology, astronomy program. They're looking for UFOs. They're looking right. for something and they're preparing for some kind of, of, a, of a cosmic, savior sort of thing you know which leads a lot and that leads to another belief that people are starting a perception that people are starting to to question um was jesus an extraterrestrial because there's right. good and there's bad right we have our angels right. we have our demons there's good there's bad because of all the things that he could do they figured was at least if he was an extraterrestrial was extraterrestrial knowledge Let's face it, Enoch, Ezekiel. It's not like, you know, it's not like this sort of thing hasn't been around, right? Going right. back thousands of years. Yeah, absolutely. You get into the Immaculate Conception. Was that God's seed, or because He's a spirit, mm. right? Is that? It? I mean, we would consider that to be an incubi entity, mm-hmm. you know. And I hate to I hate, I hate to say it like this, but you know, groomed a woman or. You mm-hmm. know, until there's consent, and next thing you know, she's pregnant, and it's immaculate conception. Uh, and then we get into the incubi literature, where how can a virgin be pregnant? Mm-hmm. We see that oftentimes in the UFO. There's over five hundred accounts of virgin births throughout, exactly. this, like thousands of years. And again, don't shoot the messenger, people. You could find all this stuff. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. But, but I mean, you know, and it's not to shake anybody's faith because. We don't know the answers until we get there, really. You know, it's your faith that tells you what you're, you know, what you should believe, or the the institution does. Your faith inside tells you. You know, this is where you you have to rely on yourself and your own senses as to how it makes you feel. Whenever we're dealing with people who are are going through. Um, you know, really malevolent hauntings or demonic attachments, it's the mindset and the faith that empowers right. you to to fight back. We are very strong. People have a hard time believing that 
we are very powerful individuals. You know, right. people are, are right. miracles in, in many ways. Um, Aerosol, hello. Uh, church is trying to continue to deceive us. They assimilate every culture around the world, taking their beliefs and integrating it into the church itself. It's been going Secretism. on for, yeah, thousands of years, right? Centuries and centuries yeah. and centuries. So I guess it comes down to, um, I mean, if we go back into the, to the Gnostic times and you're, you're dealing mm -hmm. with archons, I mean, these are people who are very aware of the stars and, and they follow the stars like many of the other, many ancient people did. Um, but they knew archons were evil beings that had right. never been here. And, and you see different depictions of archons and some people will show greys. Like some, some images are that of greys and some images are that of something more malevolent. So, you know, what's that? I am... Uh... The more I do the research, the more I'm kind of leaning towards not, I'm not going to go as far as Barry Fitzgerald in terms of, okay, I believe it's one entity. I think, I mean, I, I, I believe that to a sense mm -hmm. and I love Dr. Barry Fitzgerald. I, I think that we are dealing with a single origin and that the phenomenon, and this is going to sound like a lot of like Brian Holland's work too. The phenomenon has masked itself for thousands of years, according to its morality, according to what it wants to do to and with us. And, um, you know, I did a lecture on leak project a while ago talking about how that these beings can mimic the dead. Yeah, and not happens. just that, but, but knowing the very clothes they died in, which, uh, huh, that's uncomfortable. You know, I, I uh, was talking to Paul Sinclair, we we're talking about Whitley Strieber, Strieber is in the middle of an abduction account and he sees these beings and he looks over and there's one of his friends that had died years back with them. See, right there. What in the heck is going on, you know? And mm -hmm. then it does point to the fact that uh, these are interdimensional beings. I mean, we've never thought in our life, oh my God, I die and then, or somebody dies and they go to another planet. Mm -hmm. That's never been on the table. So, so it's almost, and I'll even go further, because I think the evidence does suggest this, especially in UFO abduction phenomenon, is that uh, these people that are being abducted out of their body, it's almost like they're being primed to be taken after death. But in a, 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 Betty Luca, Betty Luca, yeah, Betty Luca was taken out of her body. Her husband watched as her apparition was peeled just laying down in bed at night. Hmm. And when they had her, they put her in a, this is really interesting too, because now we're getting to apparitional theory, uh, constitution of consciousness. So they put her apparition in a seat. What? A tangible seat. They placed her softly in the chair and taught her apparition or her soul, whatever we want to call it. Uh, they taught her how to fly the craft. Now, they were not teaching her muscle memory. Mm -hmm. And she never flew a craft in her body. And then before they put her, that? right, before, this is scary stuff, scary stuff. And before they put her back in her body, they told her, you will not remember a lot of this. 
And so she's back in her body and there's an intellectual war occurring. There's cognitive dissonance occurring because her body was never trained to fly the craft, but her consciousness remembers a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. And so and we've seen this over and over again with abductees. And I'm telling you, the field needs to pay a quick attention to what's occurring because it does appear that these beings are training souls for the afterlife. In other words, these are what we call dream demons. I'm starting to ramble now, Michelle. These no, are no, it's okay, man. Keep going. I'm following. <laughs> in demonological literature. And the idea was that when a person dies, that there are entities that will capture the soul. In and recycle them. Or is it a recycle? Recycling. Exactly right. No, um, it's scary. It is terrifying because no wonder Chris Bledsoe is on the ship and says there's a soul here. Why? And mm-hmm. is that soul a human being? Mm-hmm. Is that why? Is that why these experiencers are, are being abducted and they see a bunch of greys, biological avatars running about to and fro, and then all of a sudden there is a dead person there? And uh, I mean, is that dead? I don't know. I don't know. You know, you hear of it. You hear of it. Um, you yeah. hear the different <clears throat> theories with these sort of souls for example dimensional right Right. we live simultaneous lives but we look different in each and every one of them so so it's believed that when you get this dimensional bleed through courtesy of my producer joe uh when you get a Mm -hmm. dimensional bleed through that you are in fact maybe looking at one of your loved ones who who is coming through i mean died in this life but maybe still really active in another life. And then maybe their hair will be different or their eyes or their clothes will be different. But on the flip side of that, um, it happens, they say, you know, like if you have it like a, a demonic entity, just trying to mimic a loved one, that there will be something different about them as well, that they yes. don't look the same. Now, right. let's take it a step further. My father went into a retirement living uh, extended care probably mm-hmm. about two years ago. My mother swore, my mother's completely of sound mind, as sharp as a tack, mm-hmm. two occasions that mm-hmm. she was laying in bed and she looked over and my father was sitting there oh. and he didn't look right, but she mm-hmm. could touch him. Mm-hmm. And he looked, she goes, his clothes looked just a little bit too big for him. And I'm just like, oh God. See what I'm saying? Like, there's yes. three examples there. And I know someone who also was going through some kind of a of an abduction, a family member, mm-hmm. and he recalls hitting the top of the ceiling, and he mm-hmm. felt he could feel himself being pulled through a window, and then he grabbed it. This is him. This wasn't looking down at his body because he grabbed onto the window, and and, and you know he he goes. It was the strangest thing. It was going through. It's like it didn't exist. But there was a resistance, Whoa. and finally, it just stopped, and he dropped to the floor. So, but I don't know what what the H, Michelle. What I don't the know, H? right? <laughs> I know, like this is what? like a bit of what you're saying, and it's all stuff that there's so many similarities between the two that yeah. keep crossing mm-hmm. over interconnectivities, and the phenomenon has a pattern of layering itself. Mm-hmm. Right? It's you know, it's like a a dish of or some casserole. <laughs> right, um, right. I'm just going to put up comments while you talk. Okay. Uh, right. I'll, I'll give you two case studies. Uh, it's very interesting. Um, 
Right. Doctor Strange Recon. There was a lady that follows my work, and uh, she heard a show that I did talking about how these beings will mimic husbands or lovers. Right. Right. Someone that the the woman has been intimate with. And uh, she's like, look, I got to tell Nathaniel my story. I said, so, okay, so we're in the green room and, and uh, he's pulling up her email and her story was frightening. She said that um, she was in bed one night and, uh, and I'm not going to get weird or yeah, yeah. You know, anything off color, but I'm just going to you know, make a plane. Anyway, so, so she says her husband, or at least she thought, was standing <laughs> over by her at the end of the bed. Right. And, uh, you know, he was feeling randy and, you know, bang, bang, bang. Next thing she knows, she's looking at him. And like you said, there were some indications of deception because he was making facial features he's never made or facial expressions never made before. Mm. And his body language, his posture was different. Everything. I mean, it looked the part. God, this is crazy. It's crazy. But it, the way he moved and everything was completely different and alien to her. And then she said, this is crazy. She said, she said, Nathaniel, I'm looking at his facial features. And she said, when he moved there, it was almost like a frequency where he moved the left and, and the, the image had to it had catch to up. Catch up. Yes. Like what? a delayed. Right. Oh. Right. And she so said, a, that's it, when I realized. I'm sorry. It's like a, like a reality, like a. Oh my God, this gets creepy. Um, and I have another story after this, that, but you know, this is good research. So anyways, um, she's like, oh my God, this is not my husband. And when she looked at him, as she's acknowledging this, he starts laughing at her. <laughs> and then his entire image just began to deconstruct until he was a wispy black smoke. Mm. And then he flew out through the door to the hallway. And then she realized my husband has been asleep beside me. And then she says this, and I knew he was. The entity had constructed an entire theatrical performance, induced her into some suspended animation of belief, or I don't even know the vocabulary that's correct to use. But the point is that it had um, it deceived her to such a degree where when she came back to herself, she was like, I knew he was beside me the whole time. Mm. But who caused me to forget? The being did. Right. Right. Very scary stuff. Very scary stuff. Uh, Tamara says, what if the Mandela effect is because we have been put in a different reality? How do we know? I mean, CERN, how do we know we haven't been pushed into an alternate reality? Right. Right. And we're dealing Everything's with on the this. table. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> mm. I don't know. It, it, it's, it's, it's really bizarre. There's so many different, um, there's so many different theories with mm -hmm. just, like, I mean, let's face it, they can manifest into anything. I think it's just trying to have it definitive, if it's even possible. Definitive, I mean, proof, I mean, we don't, we, we can't prove anything. Everything is pretty much Correct. theoretical, right? But mm -hmm. to, to put that kind of a connection together, it's really difficult. People believe in angels, people believe in demons. For some reason, that's very easy for many people right. to believe in. Throw extraterrestrials 
um, into the mix, you know, it's really difficult to say, well, here is your culprits. In the world of spiritualism, angels and demons. In the world of ufologies, reptilians and palladians. <laughs> you know, right. right. Like, like um, but but to 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 put them as all one of the same makes that that's really that's really hard to swallow for for a lot of people. I think it is because they like to compartmentalize the phenomenon. I think that's been the issue with the paranormal field for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if 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 I mean, let's put it like this. Okay, so what I've been trying to do is get into ufology, do more shows on you know ufology and more yeah. beyond more shows about ufology. So I'm right. talking to all these ufologists and all this stuff, and I'm approaching it from not a very religious aspect, but a, a demonological aspect. What's right. up, pros or pros? Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning yeah. in. Um, but yeah, so the problem is this. I mean, we have cases. Now, there's something interesting where the person is experiencing the classic abduction right. to a T. Everything is an abduction. And uh, and all of a sudden, they'll see a gray, and then the gray will turn aside, and the person realizes he's looking at technology. Right. And that the gray image that he saw, the cognitive interface, was a lie. That's not at all what the being looked like. Mm-hmm. And so now we're looking at what's behind the image. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're getting back to, masks and mirrors. Mm-hmm. Here's one for you. I was uh, reading about Dr. Carla Turner and uh, a psychic that she had worked with. His name was Ted Rice. And, uh, me, and for years, Ted Rice, I think it was 26 to 30 years, Ted Rice was working with his guides. Right? And his mm-hmm. guides were giving him insights prophecies, knowledge that he had no access to outside of them. And uh, for like 30 years, I'm a psychic, blah, 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 blah. And then he's abducted by his guides. And his guides tried to have coition or copulate, rather, mm -hmm, with his grandmother. And then he realized that for 30 years, these beings were manipulating me. So they played the long game. Mm. Mm. Which... If they have that kind of time on their hands, we don't have a chance. But they do. <laughs> That's yeah. just it. They do. Like time is endless for for many, right. you know, of, of these uh, interdimensional or dimensional beings. Uh, Marisol says the star people are here, and honestly, I don't believe that all of the shining one or the watchers, uh, because I have seen things appear to me. And thank goodness, I've had a you know a camera to capture images. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing the things I've experienced that it shattered my programming. Well, that and yeah, back to the wizard behind the curtain. Yeah, exactly. But, is the hands inside the puppet, and we're we're measuring, we're even measuring mm-hmm. the puppet, right? Without understanding, there's a hand in it, mm-hmm. and that's exactly right. But I, I also like Marisol's <laughs> comment about shattering my programming. It, it, right. You know, we're programmed from the time. You know, we're pretty much born, you know, the way we're taught, the way we're, we're interacted with, um, you know, as, as parents, we interact a certain way, the way we were taught and our belief system, it, you know, goes on to the next generation. And, you know, um, I mean, my kids are always like way out there because they're very gifted and just mm-hmm. like some, you know, like my middle son's like was always wise, you know, beyond his years and he could see interdimensionally as a mm-hmm. child 
you know, he would say, do you see this? Do you see this? I'm like, I was haunted. I know it. And I'm like, I'm <laughs> yeah. You're like, like I, I did see it, but I'm not talking about it. Yeah, I, I got you. I know. But the thing that was interesting to me is he used to see people who were alive. And he'd say, I, I can see this person right here, right now. And I'm going, that person's still living. I, and, and I didn't understand how. It had to be dimensional. So. Well, I have a story for you about that, if I could tell you. Yes, you feel weird. Weird a sec, weird a sec. So I was in a restaurant one time. Actually, no. Okay, so it was right after I had the case of the murder, right? Where and for those who has never heard of the story, um, I was out to dinner one night, sitting uh, down, reading a book, and I get a private message from a person that thinks that they're talking to my dad. They're talking to me. My dad's a pastor, so right. they're like they're like Pastor Gillis, and I'm thinking, right, what? And um, so they're like, Pastor Gillis, uh, would like you to come to our house. We've had a tragedy. Would like you to come and pray. And so I share it to my dad. My dad's like, look, you know, I'm willing to go over there. You know, what time? What's the address? All that. Zero context, by the way. Just come and mm -hmm. pray for us. We had a tragedy. Not real in depth. And uh, next thing I know, they're like, listen, uh, well, the reason we want you to come and pray is because there's been a lot of paranormal activity. And my dad was kind of like, nope. <laughs> that's that's what you do, Nate, right? So I'm like, okay, so I'll go. Well, uh, come to find out, when I got there, uh, there was an atheist that met me at the door. I don't believe in what you do, Nate. First of all, it's not Nate. You can call me Nate Michelle because we're we're buddies. Right. This guy don't know me from Adam. It's not Nate. That's a little bit disrespectful. Right. Anyways, I don't believe I, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in spirits. I don't believe in God. I don't believe in the supernatural. I'm just here supporting my best friend. Well, I walked up in the house and they had just cut up the carpet from a murder that occurred two weeks prior. Hey, real stuff. Right. Real stuff. And I'm looking around, I'm at everything's not adding up, and I'm just thinking, oh my God, what have I gotten myself into? Right. What had happened, and I'll finish the story and it'll make sense. But um what had happened was the uh this family had a 12-year-old daughter, and she got really, really tight and really, really good friends with a 15-year-old at school. And uh, they both conspired to kill the 12-year-old's family. Oh, wow. The family, they were watching television at 2 o'clock in the morning, Michelle. And the husband, he was disabled. Uh, he's a veteran. And so, anyways, he's like, man, he goes, Nathaniel, he goes, me and my wife are watching television. He's like, you know, my wife works second shift, so we stay up in the wee hours in the morning catching up and, and watching TV. He's like, we look out the window and there's that 15 year old girl staring at us two in the morning, staring at us. Finally, he's like, we called the cops. She left and we put a restraining order on her. Anyways, he said one night, uh, he's like, you know, we're watching television again. It was a school night. He said, my daughter walks downstairs and I said, Hey baby girl, what you doing? You get some water. You know, we got some new Pepsi in there or something. He said, no, it's not what happened. She walks up to the door, opens the front door, and in comes a 15-year-old with stub nose scissors and a knife and a male. This is some – see, people think – God, never mind. I don't want to ramble. But a male disembodied voice was coming out of her. Her mouth wasn't moving. It mm. was it coming out of her. And uh, she killed the mother. And that was the blood that they had to cut out of the carpet all the way down to the foundation Next thing I know, I'm there, and I'm thinking, oh, my God. Well, I did the cleansing. Um, really fascinating stuff. It was almost like uh, it got real hot. 
The husband, the man, he's doing this number. You ever seen anybody do that in a cleansing? Oh my mm. God, it's hot. It's hot. Get it off me. Um, anyway, so did the cleansing. Uh, a few months later, I'm at the same restaurant, same time, sitting at the same seat. I was when I got the message months back. A lady and her husband sit next to me. And uh, you know how it is. Well, I read a lot. I, I read everywhere. Okay. Next thing I know, this lady's looking over me, and her, actually looking over her husband, looking at me like that. And I knew, oh my God, here it comes. Now, who am I going to be today? I'm not going to be a demonologist. I'll be a plumber, right? I'm going to everything but that. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Um, so she switches seats with me. We get to talking, and uh, she's like, "So what do you do?" I kind of go into it a bit. I say, "You know, I'm, I'm, I, I research phenomenon and paranormal and everything," and, and before I could even get it out. She goes, you're Nathaniel Gillis, aren't you? <laughs> I swear to God, I'm thinking, what? No. <laughs> she, yeah, right? I'm not no, today, I'm not. but you know, I'm Jim Bob. I'm Jim Bob the barber, right? Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, she, she goes, now, she goes, I know you. I'm like, well, how do you know me? She goes, well, I can't tell you. 45 minutes later, she had a couple drinks in her. Then she breaks down. You know how I know who you are? I said, why? How do you know? She goes, because you did a cleansing. She said, and I'm the social worker that's been working with the 15-year-old and the 12-year-old girl. She said, come on, what's up? Come on, come on. I love it. I love it. She said, the night you did the cleansing, she said, I received a phone call from the jail. And the 12-year-old said, I don't know what happened, but the entity that's been haunting me walked into my jail cell and told me I no longer have authority over you. And it left. Woo! And so I'm sitting there in holy awe, and I'm going, oh, my God. Now, to your point, um, interdimensionality, let me get a drink of water real quick. As I'm talking to her, I, I do this number, okay? I go into a trance, and I said, okay. I said, I had a case of the day. I was in the living room, and it was an Ikebai case. And I'm telling her this, and I said, uh, I saw um, an apparition of a boy. And I went into it. I said, you know, he's... Um, He's a little boy, his name, and I didn't even tell her his name yet. But I said, um, and then I went into another trance. I said, and I'm in the backseat of a taxi. And I said, I am in between him and a beautiful little girl, his sister, much younger, maybe about seven or eight. And I said, and we're in this massive city. I said, I don't know where, where I'm looking at. I said, well, we're in the backseat of a taxi, and all I see are skyscrapers. When I did that, she starts shaking. She grabs her husband by the hand, and I said, I don't know who I'm seeing. Same woman, mind you. I said, I don't know what I'm seeing. I said, but there was a boy. I said, you worked in, what is it, foster care? She goes, yes, I worked in the foster care system. I said, all right. I said, this boy tells me that, uh, that you were like a mother to him and that he misses you and he loves you. I'm talking, dude, tears streaming down her face. And uh, I said, he has a sister. He's about 12 years old when he was taken from you. We get into this whole shebang. Mm. And she says, don't tell me his name. And then she's grabbing her husband, hold him. Oh, my God, don't tell me his name. And I said, his name, we said at the same time, as she said, oh, Christopher. When I did that, she almost fainted. She said that she went through as accurate. But she said, um, he's still alive. Mm -hmm. So what was that? Right? I had to say all that to get to this point. What was that? Because, you know, I've heard of mediumship. I've heard of, you know, channeling, whatever. But I've never heard of uh, someone like your son. Right, uh, there's, this person's still alive, but I'm seeing them, 
and I'm giving, I'm being given messages for another person. Mm -hmm. Very strange. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, it it is very strange. I mean, you're you're getting into again dimensional. Are you dealing with that exact individual? Are you dealing with you know? They say the soul can split. I I don't know. It's just one of those things that again it comes down to energy, soul energy, and 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 it's. uh, I mean, from what you're saying and the stories you've told tonight, it's uh, it's become a commodity. Um, hold on. Here we go. Are demons reptiles? I think the reptilian is just another mask. You know, I mean, these these beings have appeared as everything, everything. Mm-hmm. I had a I had a lady that told me one time, uh, and this is another very interesting theory. But she was like, you know, I'm in the middle of an abduction, and she called on Jesus, and Jesus manifested, but he wasn't the first century jewish rabbi with all the skin it was the sweetest presbyterian <laughs> white jesus that appeared and what had happened was it had actually kind of pulled an image out of her mind right. is this what you think jesus would look like yes okay then i'll be that person uh, i had another lady the same same concept uh, but she did call on jesus and jesus walked up to her in the abduction held his hand out and said all seed is mine and uh she said that she was a hybrid mother but all six of her children died in the womb oh and she said i i can't help but think that's what he was telling her you think and this is the deal with hybrid mothers forget oh that's a whole nother show michelle but those aren't their kids wow. those those belong to them well, they, so much, hybrid mothers do not get to see their children unless they, they're they right. taken to visit with them. Right. And so uh, uh, let's go down that road. I had a lady that had uh, listened to a show of mine, emailed me, literally pulled her car on the side of a highway, on the shoulder of the highway in tears. Can I talk to you? And some, you know how it is. You get a lot of people show. Sometimes you can't talk to everybody and sometimes mm-hmm. you don't want to. Well, right. she called me on a good day and I thought, okay, so we get on the phone together. She's crying. She said, um, she goes, you know, she goes, I've been taken since I was like 12 or 13. She said, as soon as I enter puberty into my womanhood, she said they were monitoring my fertility from a child. And she said they were coming to me. She said, I've had dreams and nightmares and visitations and hybrid babies and all this stuff. I've had gynecological issues my whole life. Then she goes into this number. She said, I had a hysterectomy since my last abduction. And she said that uh, the other night they showed up again, just like they've done hundreds of times. And she said before they wanted to take me, they were looking at my body while I was sleeping. I, she's like, I, I, I could see them looking mm-hmm. at my body with their little machines and stuff. And they realized that, uh, and this is her words, she said they realized that I can no longer be a breeder. Mm-hmm. That I didn't have the functionality to it. And she said they verbally, not verbally, but they, they abused her verbally oh. in other words you know they were altering herself yeah right then they left so again if we're dealing with the non-threat narrative that it's all lovers and light then we have to justify things that we wouldn't justify in any other way right i mean imagine your next door neighbor taking your kid at nighttime we would have a fit and we should mm-hmm. then why have we anointed these beings with some kind of semi-divine right to do what they're doing I don't know what it means, but um, 
they're terrifying well <clears throat> boy <laughs> that's it's it's it is it's intrusive first off you know i mean right. my my thing has always been um why do they come in the dead of night when you're asleep for instance mm -hmm. i mean that's something that's always sort of bothered me and it's taken me a while to become somewhat okay with the fact that okay whatever you're here um and i know when <laughs> yeah. they're around i know when they're around it's like okay whatever you know um but i mean there are people who have experiences in broad daylight i'm like why can't i have right. one of those <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah my boudoir yeah. and it's just like private place you know but um <laughs> yeah you know and, and tamara nails it yeah she goes like they are called the uninvited for a reason you know, Marisol, why take the children? They took me as a six-year-old. Like, see, like, there's just that aspect of things that make it really difficult. But then there's the belief and there's that theory, according to many contactees, that we we have these these arrangements with them. Yes. These contracts the... where we say, okay, I will work with you or I will be a keeper i will be an observer i will mm -hmm. you know come on the ship i will work with others or i will be a mother or what are your thoughts on that i think it's uh another narrative of deception i had a lady when i was out to eat uh, a few years back never met her in my life mm -hmm. in north madam i was in i don't know if you guys have j alexander's or red one's grill there in, in uh, canada we have them mm -hmm. here in the, in the States, but great food. Anyways, I'm sitting down. She walks over there, sits at my table. This is her, this is her explanation. We have a soul contract together. Yep, I've heard that too. Yeah. What? You know, I'm trying to eat my filet mignon. We talk, We have a soul contract together. And then uh, she said, we should mate. That's what she said. Oh. We should mate. All right. <laughs> So uh, can, I, can I, I wait till after my filet? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to take wow. myself out to dinner and then. No, See, um, yeah. <laughs> but this idea, again, it's Jeffrey Dahmer level of deception. Um, and this is, again, in the States, we have researchers that are trying to, to romanticize trauma. Uh, one person is saying, okay, well, you know, especially women, you know, they were, I, I was sexually assaulted. It was not, it was not consensual. They took me. They did things to me. Mm -hmm. Things that I don't even want to tell people, and I had to live with the scars emotionally and physically. And, and it's not acceptable here, so why should? Why know? is it there? Yeah, right. right. And uh, so, so, anyways, the, the, yeah, the, the, this this one research in the states—it's laughable. He goes on and on. You know, we made these decisions for ourselves, and but you know who told us that first? Not us. They did, and it's no different than a serial killer, psychopathy, who mm -hmm. does something really sadistic. And then looks at him and says, you made me do that. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. It's a Jeffrey Dahmer level of mind control. But, um, yeah, I don't believe that at all. You know, I mean, you, you know, know, it's, I, it's, it's so hard because, <clears throat> I mean, I believe, you know, I, I've encountered, you know, many malevolent and demonic entities. Like, I, you know, I've been working in this field for like a couple of decades. I know what they feel like. I know what there are some degree of ETs that make me feel a bit, you know, mm -hmm. but I know that there are others that I've been around that are unbelievable. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think to myself, how could an evil energy that, you know, that the personified heaviness, negative evil, 
portray something just so so Innocent. loving. Right, right. Uh, they can manipulate pretty much whatever they want to. Mm. Let's let's just talk about it. I mean, there are yeah. our perceptions of them and our emotions. Um, I was listening to David Jacobs the other day. Excuse mm -hmm. me, Dr. Jacobs was talking about how these beings can stare into the eyes, which we've talked about that in the other shows, where they'll stare into the eyes of the victim and uh, create a sexual scenario just by looking at them, looking mm -hmm. at them. Mm -hmm. and so, but, but, but let's go back to the 16th century because mm -hmm. uh, women were being induced into dream states. And uh, during their dream, they would be accosted by an entity and then they would wake up the next day thinking, okay, that was a nightmare, no big deal. But Michelle, they had ligature marks, ligature marks on their hands and feet and bruisings that, 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 um, that were, that were the exact mirror of what they experienced in the dream. And so what's going on, Kareem? Thank you for joining us. And so, so yeah, so they're thinking, oh my God, it's just a dream, no big deal. And then they look at their wrists and their feet and they have bruises and ligature marks. And they start to realize something mm -hmm. that they were convinced it was a dream. It was real. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so what we're dealing with is. Uh, so you're saying it's mindset. It's what they're, 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 they're implanting memories or they're. 100%. Right. And this goes back to that experiencer who she started to remember, but she remembered in her nightmares. And humanity, I, I think about that. Mm -hmm. It's a bad dream. No, it's not. It's actually your body and your brain remembering what actually occurred to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a tough pill to swallow because you have, you know, implanted, implanted right. memories, false memories. Um, that's a common thing. There are people who right. wake up and go under hypnosis and it's like, it's nothing like what they thought their right. life was or who they were or, you know, um, sometimes it's, it's like, it's a good thing. They get good information. Other times it's like, was it, am I in the twilight zone? Like what just happened? You know? Exactly. Right. 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 What, what did I give consent to when I was under the influence? Let's put it that way. Shall we? Mm. Okay. Right. That's, that's a good, a good spin. Take it. Yeah. 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 I mean, what, you know, I can't possibly give consent if I'm being deceived and there are certain entities that are manipulating my perception of reality. I cannot possibly give consent because my consent is based on my perception. And what they're doing is they're, they're, they're manipulating perception. And uh, they're also, also shared memories. Like, okay, going back to the 16th century, these women that were waking up with ligature marks, um, they were being inseminated with a fetus. It's the missing fetus syndrome. And, uh, but it wasn't just that, but they were also being possessed by consciousness. And so they were waking up out of the nightmare with ligature marks and, and so on and so forth, what we just talked about. Mm -hmm. But even more than that, they were having shared memories where like one lady woke up, she's like, oh my God, I have a craving for a baguette. And she's like, I remember walking in the streets of France, but I've never been to France in my life. So who's conscious? See, is it? Okay. Are these shared memories in the sense that many of these are screen memories like Dr. Carla Turner mentioned, or is it literally a consciousness that has its own memories and the victims are being possessed in a sense. And what they're realizing is you have two consciousnesses, one body. And so the body's 
You follow me? The body's remembering different memories that, that don't belong. I've never been to Paris, but why do I remember it? Because it's not you. Right. It's, it's that the, other the body's entity. got some kind of an imprinting, but it's another right. another essence in the body. Is that so? Is just throw this out there. Just throw this out there. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm it, just trying to yeah, I'm just trying to get it straight. So yeah, that's that's hmm. That's that that's the entity. That's the entity. And what's happening is, and this is what happened in the 16th century, where the, the women were like, oh my God, you know, why do I remember this? I never went to Paris. No, because your your body's remembering that entity's memories. And that was the idea where these beings uh, inseminated women to create biological avatars to possess. I was talking to uh, Malia about this a while ago. Yeah. Um, because, Amelia, I'm sorry. Yeah. But yeah, because uh, what they were doing in the 16th century was okay, they were insert, uh, inseminating with the fetus, but they were also placing their consciousness in that fetus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then at a certain time frame, the fetus was taken as well as the consciousness. And so early demonologists were like, wait a minute. The only thing we can think is think of is that that these beings were placing fetuses and then placing consciousness in the fetus. And then when they took the fetus out, so also was the consciousness gone. Mm. And uh, it's anyways, I'll shut up. Yeah, yeah, this is a good one. You have an oversoul that exists in several realities all at once. Yeah, we spoke about that earlier. And if you mix them up, your physical reality can become confused. I could see that. 100%. I could Absolutely. see that. I had a guest on the show at one time who basically said to me that um, she knew for certain without getting into a lot of detail that essences can indeed be harvested. They can indeed be but you know, from and again, without getting the tin hat on, like, okay, who's doing it? You know, right, um, right. It, it, it's actually happening. Um, and, mm. and more, it, it, it's more rampant, like, like there are people on this planet, allegedly, that know how to do this. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, you can just pick it up, right. put it someplace else. <sighs> so it's right. obviously, so it's, like from what you're saying, it's almost sounding like this is a commodity. Oh, yeah, I call it the currency of consciousness. Right. And so it's not just the essence, but it's the attributes even. And then this is, gets into parasitic entities where, you know, we're hosts for them, mm -hmm. their consciousness and what they're doing with us. And they told us that much in abductions. You're just a, you're just a vessel. No, right. nothing more, nothing less. So do you think this is why, um, because if we're going by this, this, this theory, mm -hmm. do you think that's why humanity is actually created for something even? Oh, bigger <laughs> mm -hmm. right i could say this um this is very dark and i've shared this only one time but i have i was doing really really deep research one night and what i usually do people ask me this to, to, to disconnect i watch fraser you've seen my facebook post Big <laughs> all right all right i'm listening toss salad scramble us anyways um and then I'll watch like Seinfeld or some, even cartoons from my youth to kind of unwind, right? Mm -hmm. Just, you know, a lot of this stuff is so dark. I don't want anything to do with it at a certain point. Well, um, I was done on research and I had watched cartoons or Frasier, I forget which one. I'm asleep. 
And from my youth, you know how it is. When you feel when you're being spiritually attacked during a dream, it's completely different. It's not mm. like you ate a bad bean burrito from Taco Bell. It's <laughs> right. It's something there. It's not heartburn. There's mm. a malevolent entity there. And I was in the middle of a dream and it was an attack, but the dream was very unique. And uh, it was horrific in a sense because I was on a ship, massive, massive ship, but it was almost like a prison ship, mm. like Alcatraz. And I was being ushered by the humanoid person through different rooms. And I'm looking at these people and there were people there. Oh, this is going to freak you out the show. Who did not understand how to get out of that matrix. How do I get out of the ship? What am I going to do? And I can remember one man trying to commit suicide, Michelle to mm -hmm. get out but he didn't realize that he was already dead mm. and he's right. trying to get out and he's doing this over and over and over again not realizing whoa this is not what it used to be i am dead i can't get any more dead i can't get deader if right. that's even a grammatically right. correct i can't get dead again yeah like, yes yeah. but right. The, right. the hopelessness the frantic PTSD of realizing, and this gets back to your, what you're talking about, that I was created for this. They're the ones that hatched my consciousness out of my body at death, and they took me. Now, these experiencers, um, there was one guy uh, in the Collins Elite, Re Collins Elite Research, he was a guitar player, and he had an experience, it was a near-death experience, a cataclysmic event in his life. And uh, he said he was out of his body. And he's met by these beings. These beings tell him, listen, your doctors do not have the ability to heal your body. They said, we do. And it was the soul. Like he's, He said, I'm out of, out of my body. Mm -hmm. I'm looking down at my body. And then all of a sudden, this electricity sucked me up. But they told him, they said, you have two options. You can die and we can take you. What? Or, or you could become our prophet. And we'll fix you back together again. Put your soul back in your body. They said, but you're going to do and say what we want you to. Live your life. But there's going to be a day when we come knocking on your door. Mm. Now, they, they, my God. The implications here are disturbing because how many of, of, of how many people said no? Mm -hmm. And well, we've long buried the bodies, and they have their souls. Okay, there's theories with that also. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, when you're, it's believed that obviously when when we die, we're not limited to just planet Earth. Our essence right. could reincarnate or go anywhere where there is life you know it would just mm -hmm. look different okay theory one mm -hmm. then there's this other theory that i've seen surface a few times and there's you know how we're conditioned to fear the darkness mm -hmm. and we are conditioned to go down the tunnel go right. to the light go to the light okay well 
it's said by people who have even called themselves time travelers who have come forward, you know, you get little bits and pieces. Um, and there have been people who've communicated with the dead and the dead have said the same thing where they say, go to the darkness, don't go to the light because right. the light will recycle you the darkness. Oh. This is these people who, who yeah. are said to travel and such it's because they, they broke out of that. So right. what do you think? I don't know. Cause I remember hearing that theory in art bell back in the day. <laughs> Right, right on on the other side of the Rockies, and somebody I was like, yeah, you know, he's, he 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 talked about that, like don't go into the light. Um, I think even John Lear mentioned that. I don't know, I don't know, but I think it's freaky is, though, because it oh, goes back to that word condition from the time that we're this big. There, you know what I'm yeah, saying? There's, like, there, there's another word that starts with, but you know, it's really bad <laughs> if you know you're being attacked on a journey. No, I remember oh. that stuff all the time. <laughs> I'm attacked. Yeah. I full on remember it and I feel Chris. it. <laughs> Chris, man. All right. So I have a story, another story to tell you. Thanks, Bon. <laughs> Appreciate that, man. Um, here's a story for you, Michelle. This this will get your mind working. So um, believe it or not, I used to have a relationship. I used to be married for like six months. Right. Before that, I was engaged to her. Beautiful, beautiful girl. Anyways, uh, I was working second shift. So I get back to my apartment one night and uh, we eat and everything. We watch a couple shows. We go to bed. So this is even before I got into the field, right? Never done a podcast. I'm doing mm -hmm. research, mind you, but nobody mm -hmm. nobody had any idea who Nathaniel Gillis was. Anyways, I'm in the middle of a dream. And in the dream, there is a shadow figure, a featureless female looking shadow figure michelle mm -hmm. and she's straddling me now this was different than a succubi right because right? i wasn't you know um randy i was just you know yeah, i don't yeah. know what you guys said yeah you know what i mean <laughs> we'll I, leave it there. I wasn't, yeah 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 that's all i'm okay, saying yeah, the family know. show no i'm kidding right yeah 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 randy, <laughs> that's just the name of a guy um right. no but you know i'm i'm laying there and and in this dream I'm fighting her off of me. Like I'm trying to get her and I can't reach her and all this, my hands going through and all this, you know, she's not there. And I taught myself a, a control mechanism on my youth because I had suffered through so much nightmares, so many nightmares. Right? So I'm like, okay, there's always an open door. I'm going to wake myself up. Well, when I do, she was physically on me. I wake up out of a dream. And it's the middle of the night, I'm doing this number, and I look, and I'm looking, and she's there on top of me. And I look at her, and I could see her hair moving back and forth. Mm. And I realized that, oh, my God, this gets back to nightmares, right? What I realized was, oh, my God, there's only two possibilities. They use this world to get into my dream state or they used my dream state that's a portal to get into this world because it wasn't just a dream she was literally about to knock my hat off she's literally on top of me mm. and at that point i'm going ellie ellie it's my ex ellie are you is that you and she's probably not it's, even able to hear you she's probably dead no. to the world right i started i started doing this number because i'm freaking the heck out because i literally inter okay that's ellie what is she doing you know what i mean it's, it's four in the morning what do you think no, I finally wake her up. And when I did, she's going, who's that? 
and she then yes and then oh. and then and then this being just one leg over the other and then just faded away in the darkness so oh my god what it what was there <clears throat> yeah right that's right well I don't know. Pra <laughs> uh, says maybe between the realms of contacting and communicating with extraterrestrials, you're going through realms of evil to reach them, and that could be why you encounter that type of manipulation. Correct, correct. Uh, <clears throat> Barry Fitzgerald told me, "Don't shine so bright as they'll see you." Wayne says, "I had a dream where I met a tall, thin female with long, straight black hair. She wore a brown, sparkling dress. She had huge, bright blue eyes. She told me this world had been created for us." Right. Ooh. Ah. for us or them created well for us so yeah. it, it sort of makes me feel like that you know that little lab rat syndrome <laughs> like oh god that, i know right we're like on the board game you know what i mean just um mm -hmm. so what the heck uh dr carly turner it's not the first time i've heard that theory oh no 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 it's, yeah it's the, he um, has an unbelievable dream hypothesis yeah, I would love to hear more about them. Yeah, it's the cattle hypothesis, and uh, mm -hmm. this is this also checks the box. You know, there's research out there. Like, you know, if there's such a threat, why haven't they invaded us? They don't want to invade us like we think they do. We are living in a symbiotic relationship. That's like saying, okay, if we're a threat, if we're a threat to cattle, why don't we kill all cattle? We don't. We keep them alive. Mm. We mm -hmm. kill some, but we keep Subs them alive as a species. Right. Well, because energy, it's a symbiotic relationship. Is it the energy? Energy is food. Yeah. Negative energy is food. That's a that's um, a real big theory right there. Yes, and uh, I do believe there is some evidence of them hatching consciousness and taking it for themselves. And I'm going to go even deeper. Uh, Can we hold crazy. that thought one sec? I have yes. to do a station ID. Okay, because okay. I'm going to get in trouble if I don't do this right now. Okay. Uh -oh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, so for those just tuning in, you're listening to the Outer Realm Radio. Um, you are... Hey, well, you're being made privy to some pretty interesting conversation with that Nathaniel Gillis and I, so it's a good time to tune in. Uh, we are broadcasting live right here in the United Public Radio Network, UFO Paranormal Radio Network 105.3 and 107.7 FM from the beautiful city of New Orleans, and we are on Roku as well, people. So we're fully sponsored by the amazing people over at Folgers Coffee, uh, who have basically been with us since day one. So thank you, Folgers. Big thank you to Justin Snicker, uh, Dr. Snick, the sonic surgeon, uh, for his sponsorship and in, uh, basically our intro and outro. So that's the voice you hear, the music you hear. You can check him out on Bandcamp, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, you name it. Uh, also big thank you to Horror um, genre artist Steve McGinnis, who is responsible for all of the artwork behind the Outer Realm, does a lot of commission pieces and has a lot of really unbelievable stuff that's always ready to go. Check him out on Instagram and on Facebook. Uh, so now back to business. Okay, so I'm just going to just go a little bit further with Wayne's comment that you had I would like to know a little bit more. I asked if it was an illusion. She said no. Not as you might understand it to be, but it's a physical creation to allow our kind to experience a physical existence. 
but our kind is it now is that including like us is this our kind or is our kind somebody out there apparently we had evolved to a point where we are no longer where we no longer needed a physical Good form stuff i like this, this wayne guy michelle i like <laughs> this wayne guy but it was millions of years ago and it was unclear as to whether we could reintegrate into the physical form again yeah telling me i got some crazy stuff going on I love it. I love it. That's that's a good brain right there. All right. So go ahead and then um, we'll, we'll keep going. Okay. So in biblical, biblical antiquity, we have the Genesis 6 narrative and there's a lot of evangelical researchers that are doing big time conferences, huge conferences, thousands of people. Right. But, but what people need to understand is I've been doing this research since I was a kid. My, I had access to scholars. My dad was flying in from Israel. Right. <laughs> Right, so we're having dinner, and I'm poking their brain. Okay, hey, we're picking their brain. What, what do you think about this? Here's the here's something very interesting that that I think a lot of researchers are missing. That in Genesis six, these women were not just pregnant with a hybrid baby, Michelle. They were pregnant with a fallen angel. Okay, so you're looking at the whole Nephilim. Yes. Yes. Now what okay. I'm doing is I, I'm I'm getting very deep down to the raw data of the missing fetus syndrome hybridization program. Okay. So it's occurring in Genesis 6. That's the same thing that's occurring now. And in my book, The Skin That Crawls, I make a very valid point. If the angels fell in Genesis 6 by virtue of inseminating women and all that stuff, then they're still falling because they're still doing it to this day, which completely destroys the narrative of, okay, they all fell once. You know what I mean? Right. No, they're still, evidently they're still falling because they're doing it to everybody, you know, whatever. But the point that I'm making here is very, very interesting to me. It's not that the women were pregnant with fetuses. It's that, uh-oh, what's up, dude? I appreciate it, brother. <laughs> and you need to check out his other four archives on the show. <laughs> so. Right, right. <laughs> okay. So. Yes. Okay. So the fallen angel was living in the fetus that the woman was pregnant with oh my god so then this is again well i'm a hybrid brother okay i understand that i understand but the purpose of a hybrid mother in antiquity was for a fallen angel to be reborn amongst us and so what was happening is you had hundreds and thousands of different women the giants though right now okay we're going to get into linguistics okay okay yeah see again evangelical research especially in the states in the states uh they'll they'll go on and on and on and about giants but, but what they miss is the fact that the hebrew word for rephaim from which they get giants has a dual meaning it's gonna blow your mind it's a dual meaning it's not just exclusive it's not monolithic it has a two-sided version of its definition on one side, it means giant. That's the hardware, right? That's the biological, physical avatar. The other side of the coin, the second definition, means phantom or ghost. Mm -hmm. So what our ancestors were doing is they're doing their, their best to encapsulate a very unique phenomenon. And that was the following, that there's hardware and there's software oh michelle i'm getting pumped and the hardware was the giant but the fallen angel was the software inside of the giant and so what they were dealing with were it was a species of necromancers who were the living dead 
who the, the, the thing that was living was the body. The thing that was dead was the ghost inside of it. And so they became Nephilim, fallen ones who had possessed the new body. And so this is my point in the film. We're dealing with hybridization program and they're, they're using women as breeders because I believe that they're placing their own consciousness in these fetuses and using them as a biological avatar, right? And yeah. so we see them flying all of these ships, but it's consciousness, mm -hmm. pure consciousness. And that's why the field is starting to adjust to these, these sales. But being pregnant with a fallen angel is a little bit different than it's lovers in light and thank God I gave birth to the next Michael Jackson in the netherworld. No. What if that's a fallen angel inside of you? Mm -hmm. And it's using, anyways, I'll shut up. No, but no, no, what no, 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 don't do that. No, no, don't do that. That's fascinating. What, so you would think that these, I mean, the intelligence behind these, these entities, these beings, mm -hmm. um, do they go on to be in positions of power? I mean, or do they just sort of fade away? And well, incognito. Okay, let's let's get into apparitional theory. In the Apocrypha yeah. of John, in the Apocrypha of John is a, a text. Okay. Yeah. And it's called the Long Codex of Apocrypha of John. It's a commentary mm -hmm. on what happened in Genesis 6. And I've never heard of it. Evangelical researchers are kind of dropping the ball, in my opinion, because they, they ignore anything that isn't out. If, if it's not in the Bible, yeah, you know, right. and I'm thinking right. they won't think outside this. the box. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. quite quite literally. Okay. And it's a coffin. It's a coffin. So what's happened is okay, the Apocrypha of John, it says that these beings manifested to women, and you'll see this narrative, in the images of their husbands. Yes. Ta-da. Yes. Ta-da. Yeah. And that that they inseminated them with another person's seed. That's the abduction phenomenon. Betty, mm -hmm. Betty and Barney Hill. And then that uh, they stared into the eyes of the woman at the moment of conception. Now, that is what's called an obstetric tradition. And this, this points to the narrative and what they're really doing. The obstetric tradition is from Mesopotamia. Their belief was that whatever man the woman was focused on at the moment of insemination, she will birth the material image of that man through her womb as a child. That's like the story now, of Zeus. Exactly right. Right. This is the idea of God made us in his image. Right. Ooh. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. You like it? You like oh, yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. It's that. So right. what they were doing, though, this is this is their whole game plan, was uh, at the moment of inception, they stared into the female's eyes, but they did something that was a red flag, and they kind of, they kind of uh, shown, you know, what they were doing on that. Anyways, they reversed their apparition. Now, this is very interesting, because if they were to give birth, the woman's giving birth to what she's looking at, then she would birth a child that looks like her husband, right? Mm -hmm. Because she's staring at her, but that's not what they did. Right. They switched their apparition to what they really looked like, so she would birth, this is going to blow your mind, she's going to birth the material biological avatar of that apparition that hovered over her body. And so that's what I... Man, in the skin that crawls, I talk about the idea that these beings got so tired of, 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 of being John possessing Edna, right? Mm. It, it was mismatched. The apparition didn't fit the body. Right. So what they wanted was a body that looked like their apparition.
Mm-hmm. Now they have biological avatars. So that plays a heavy hand uh, in a massive role in the hybridization program. But they were spirits. They, they were not aliens. They weren't extraterrestrial. They were simply apparitions who uh, used the human condition against us. So it just seems as though humanity is constantly at a disadvantage. You know, so like, oh my God. What are, what oh, are yeah. is there like an entire, are we just surrounded by beings that are always just trying to enter the vessel? Uh, Steve Mayer told me, because I asked him, I said, what do, you, what, what do you think about, you know, what's going on? He said, look, he said, uh, the Vatican, <laughs> the Vatican came out behind closed doors and said, we were wrong about the battle being won between good and evil. He said, the battle is still waging. Right. Now, now what we're dealing with, again, I think that there's, um, and Barry Fitzgerald touched on this the other night. He was talking about okay, the esoteric nature of the phenomenon, uh, the way that people can use um, incantations to conjure these beings, right? It's, it's literally not going out there like NASA and probing the empty space in the cold oblivion. No, this is, I'm going to take rituals from a brawl in the mage, and I'm going to invoke you, and you're going to respond. That alone should make us question the ET hypothesis. Well, I can tell you that the Vatican itself is in possession of many grimoires, and and I can't right. get into a whole lot of that. But guys, listen to Brian yeah. uh, Brian Allen tonight. He gets into some of that, and one of the most one of the, the most what they call evil grimoires on the planet is there, and it was actually created by a pope to be able to enable priests to communicate and control demons. Sounds a little bit like the Solomon story. Uh, right. So there, there's it's a it's a, it's a good yeah. interview, but but yeah. it may, but it, it lends to your what you're saying about ritualistic stuff. Even Absolutely. when we look at you know the church itself or many different religions, every time you are praying or doing you know a ritual of a right. blessing, you are in fact doing a they're doing spell work. One hundred percent. It's yeah. just a different word they use, right? Yes, of it's course. It's just a prayer. Of course. But I mean, my God, there's, there's a but guy a that I've been trying to get on. prayer is a spell. Exactly right. There's right. a guy that I've been trying to get on my show. Um, I grew up listening to him preach. You want to talk about a bad, bad, bad dude, Michelle. Right. Oh, my God. He was, uh, he's, a, he's a white guy that was raised in Africa as a missionary's kid. And uh, even, though that, even though we were both a part of a really stringent, religious almost occult a sense that aside right this dude was legit right he would come in he would come in and uh, he was mentored by my dad's pastor who was freakishly gifted i mean he was like gandalf the gray okay amazing right. anyways this guy was the kind of guy that would fast for 30 days right do a water fast okay he um there was a time when he was preaching and uh he walked by a lady it's just, it's not even late. It's a young girl. She reared back like this, Michelle, and came at him to choke him. And he looked at there, looked at her, and out of her mouth spoke fluent French. Fluent French. Mm. Hello, Jonathan. Do you remember me? And Michelle, he's a bad dude. He spoke French back because he's from Africa. I do remember you. I casted you out of the conference in Ghana. 
and I'm going to do it again. Just an absolute war. But these people, you know, uh, they, they were so in tune with the spirit world, but they did it through incantations. And, and see, when I grew up, even the, the word incantation, they'd freak out about it. Incantations, that's the occult. I'm thinking, no, <laughs> you know what I mean? But these are people that would pray for hours. Uh, my dad's pastor, Hushir, he would pray, okay. Is this all right? Am I rambling? I don't want to ramble. No, but he's, he's, he would do this. We're counting do down to, to the end, so keep rambling. <laughs> he, he, would, he would do this number, and he would say the, the name of God over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. He was the kind of guy that uh, he was having a Bible study. <clears throat> and there's like three or four people in the house. And in the mid, in middle of the sentence, he goes, wait a minute. They said, what? He goes, I'm stopping this Bible study. He said, there's four people in this room, but I feel five souls. Mm. What? They went outside and found the guy across the street staring in their window. Right. Right. Freak. A freak, man. But they were, these were kinds of people that were conjurers. Um, right. And they don't like that phrase, but by all measures, they were. So the phenomenon, it seems to really enjoy being conjured. <laughs> right and working right. with them well it's 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 communication i mean you have people i, I think a perfect example of that was alistair crowley you know with with right. the entity lamb which looked exactly like an et but behaved an awful lot <laughs> like something different you know of course. um so there's that degree of of magic in there and you know when you think about you know, going back to the Vatican and the disclosure, you actually can go in and you can go down and look at the Vatican archives, but you have to be very specific apparently about what you want and you're not left alone. You can see it. But I imagine there's a lot of stuff that you're just not going to be allowed to see. Right. But in the end, it's, it's, it comes down to, it is a bit of research that needs to be, delved into because mm -hmm. you have a lot of people who are on your wavelength you know with the fact that there's something as old as time is it is what we think it is you know et is, is there something more to it is there a blend are there just simply different ones you know right. it's like I, I i go back and i think archons you know like like the Gnostics mm -hmm. knew about it. It's old. It's pre-Christianity. It's pre-Essene. It's just, it really right. goes back. And then you've got those, because they still talk about, no, they're angels who can who can drive, you know, who can who can pilot a craft. Mm -hmm. and, and so, you, you know, they're still showing the balance of, of, of good and evil. It's just the, the mm -hmm. old, it's, a, it's an old war, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Absolutely. I don't know, but um, I, I think... It's not as cut and dry as mm -hmm. as people think. It really isn't. There's one hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah, there's just a lot more study that needs to be done. Yeah, and we need all hands on deck. Um, I mean, we need psychologists, therapists, you know, epidemiologists, mm -hmm. uh, pathologists. Everybody needs to be on board. That's one mm -hmm. thing I've been trying to do in the field. Is uh, you know, like I tell people, if we're not all at the table, we're going to all be on the menu. Right. Right. Is a few. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Go. Appreciate it. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Good quality, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
There we go. <laughs> I'll, I'll take all these compliments and I'm out of here. I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> you take them, baby. You take them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, if we're stuck in the middle of this war, you know, let mm. me, here's, okay, think about this for a second. Uh, a few years back, I had almost a, a research breakdown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I was so deep and dark into it. And uh, it's not like I'm researching, you know, bubble gum or yeah, yeah. <laughs> bunny rabbits. I mean, this stuff's pretty heavy. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right. And uh, I came across an account in Beyond UFOs. And when I read it, I promise you, Michelle, I, I slammed the book down on my desk. I called my dad and I said, I've got to go. I've got to get out of here. So I flew out to Rhode Island for a little bit and fed on Federal Hill a bunch of Italian food, gained about 20 pounds. But what broke my heart was an abduction account where a lady said they've been taking me since I was a kid. And uh, she said, it's the same behavioral pattern. You know, I can feel the energy in my room. I can feel them there, though I can't see them yet. Mm-hmm. She said, and then I could smell their presence. And she's like, I just got tired of it. And uh, she said she went to a church and the, and the pastor said, listen, I don't know what you're dealing with. because Most of them don't, especially in my history. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they were like, listen, what we want you to do is just go read the 23rd Psalm and whatever it is, we'll leave. Mm-hmm. And uh, Michelle, she did that. So, you know, she's getting ready for bed or something and she feels their presence, smells their presence. The energy's changing and something's occurring. And so before they could manifest, she opens up her Bible, Psalms 23, in mid-sentence mm. of reading the Bible, her eyes rolled back in her head. <laughs> Gone. Which, that's why I threw the, bo- threw the book down. I'm out. Mm-hmm. Because here's why. Here's why. Um, the theory that many have been operating under was, hey, all you have to do is call on divine protection. And, and watch this. Some other angel will just interrupt it all and they'll, they'll have a sword fight, right? And then mm-hmm. one guy goes down and you're safe. Uh, it's, I even had to. That's heavy. Oh, it's heavy. I mean, I was like, oh, my God. Because, again, she's her, her, okay. Look, she's like, okay, Psalms 23, blah, 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 blah. And she's really, oh, her eyes roll back and she's gone. And, and my point here is something I was asking Dr. Barry Fitzgerald. What rules are they playing by? Do we have any definable, definable rules? Like, are there any at all, right? Are there any? I'm talking any. And it's, it's, I mean, (laughs) I recommend reading um, the book, Deception of Gods and Men. It's, Mm -hmm. it's probably one of the best um, books I've read in a really long time. Um, There's two segments interviews um part one and part two because there's so much to that book that i could not get them in a a two-hour interview i had to bring them on a second time it is fantastic fantastic interviews and fantastic book and it it would answer quite a few of your questions good boy Mm -hmm. they touch on things that Mm -hmm. when you read it you're just like i did not see that coming i did not see that coming and that definitely put, you know, put the light on. In, in, Dude, in a few I think they're the, some of the best. I think they're like top three of the researchers in the world. 
really. I mean, they're great, they great, were, great people. Yeah, they were fantastic. I highly recommend them. Highly recommend them. I can connect you with them uh, if you if you really, you know, yeah. you'd like to to communicate with them. Absolutely. Um, so Brian's interview comes on literally right after this show. Um, yeah. He gives an hour, and you know, and it's got the chapters of Book of Secrets are all <clears throat> different topics, and we yeah. covered only three. And uh, yeah. he's got phenomenal. Wow. Uh, in the next the next uh, time he comes on, it's going to be a talk about his other book called The Dark Messiah. Says it all. <laughs> what a title! What a title! Says it all. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. So, you know, there there are. It just tells me there are researchers out there who are mm -hmm. digging really deep and with lifelong right. research. Wonderful. Right. That's what we need. They're Protect yourself, hope. right? <laughs> just yeah, but and, and don't be afraid to keep digging. Mm -hmm. You know, you can always come Hopefully. on here and talk about it anytime you want. Yes, hugs, my friends. <laughs> there you oh, go. I miss you so much, girl. You know, we're we're uh. You're my sister from another mister, man. And I, I just had a blast <laughs> with you. Uh, thank you, darling. You're always, always welcome. So with that being said, I'm going to sign off the show. So hold tight. Okay. Um, well, guys, we, we um, hope you've enjoyed the, um, you know, the interview. I can see why well, I say interview. It's like a, a parlay. Uh, I can still see, you know, everybody chiming in here. But we have come to the end of another amazing segment here on the Outer Round. Big thank you to Nathaniel Guinness. Big thank you to Folgers Coffee. Uh, big thank you to Justin Snicker, Steve McGinnis. Uh, we appreciate you guys all so much. We appreciate you all in chat, and you guys just make it that much more fun. So, again, remember, right after this show, okay, we've got uh, the recording from an interview I did earlier today with Brian Allen, which is phenomenal. And uh, he's just phenomenal. Uh, author and researcher like 50 years in the field phenomenal so check him out now next week we've got you know um another treat wednesday night guys uh, the outer realm welcomes an incredible collaboration of two amazing people that that you know we most certainly consider to be friends um together preston dennett and reverend michael js carter um, both ancient aliens. Um, you, they've both been on the show. Uh, you know, Michael's scheduled for a couple more segments. Preston's a frequent flyer, but uh, they are friends as well. And they are basically going to be doing an episode together. So let's talk ET. Let's talk, you know, ancient, ancient astronauts. Let's just get into all of it. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Thursday night, we welcome the return of John Gachuba, and he's an amazing author as well. And he's going to back, we're going to talk a little bit paranormal, going back to Ohio hauntings, uh, to which he's written a book about. So it's just, it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I always look forward to, to seeing people I haven't seen in a while, uh, much like Nathaniel. So you can see it's just like kind of like a big old reunion, right? So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. So you guys want to contact me. Um, you know how. Here we go. I've been sort of uh, tagging the email up because I've been getting asked a lot for the email. And apparently I blurp it off too quick at the end of the show. So here it is. And you can catch it periodically popping up while uh, the show is uh, is airing. So I hope you guys all have a fantastic weekend. Stay safe. And we will see you all next week. Good night. <laughs>